Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff. Just want to jump in here. This is a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is actually going to be a the audio uh, recording from a Facebook Live that our team is doing every single day, Monday through Friday um, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time in our Facebook private group. You can get in that group at teachbettergroup.com or uh, go on to Facebook and just search Teach Better Team. You'll see our page and then you'll see the group get in there. So here we go, a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk pulled from one of our Facebook Live videos in our private group at teachbettergroup.com. Hope you enjoy. April 14th, believe it or not. Um, and I am live here. My name is Jeff. If you don't know me, I've got Mr. Sheldon Eakins on with me. Sheldon, super awesome to have you on this morning. Um, I'm, we're going to dive into who you are and what you do and everything and really get into your head this morning. I think there's going to be a lot of value here. Um, but I wanted to sit, uh, first jump on, make sure I got to get my phone up, make sure I can see your guys' comments coming in. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast obviously this is pre-recorded uh the best way to get into the conversation and chat with people and our awesome guests like sheldon is to get into the private facebook group so you can go to teachbettergroup.com or search teach better team on facebook to get that so i see some people jumping in and saying good morning yet my app is not showing me that we're live yet so that's interesting all right so let me get in here so i can see who is chatting right now and here we are here we go so well, you're looking good on there, Sheldon. I really like that background, man. <laughs> uh, good morning, Brianne. Good morning, Kelly is on. Uh, Joe's watching. All right, good to see you. Uh, Joe says good morning, Jeff. He apparently doesn't want to say good morning to Sheldon, so um, <laughs> I'm going to give him trouble. Uh, Deborah, good morning. How are you? Uh, good to see you. Um, uh, if you are comment, always great to throw your name in there. I am watching on my phone, so I can see you. So if you see me looking down, don't worry, guys. I'm not ignoring. Show it. I'm just looking for you. All right, so it's in there. So if you have a chance, if you if you have a question, if you have something you're struggling with, throw it in the comments. We'll do our best to talk through it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into things here. Um, Sheldon, you were see we first connected. I think on Twitter. I don't even know when. I'm not even trying to guess. You were uh, fairly early on in the podcast. I don't remember what episode. I really should have looked this up. I should have been better prepared, but I'm not. I, I think it's 103. 103. I love that you remember that. That's I think, great. I think. So, so, okay, that's not super early on. It's like, you know, right in the smack in the middle of everything. So I think we're, we just finished. I just put out 163 or something like that. So you were, yeah, right around 100, 103. Uh, really great episode. We chatted. It was a really a good one. We enjoyed it. We got along really well. We've been talking more since then. We conducted on Voxer. You know, we just stayed in contact. It's been really a pleasure to just always be connected to you. Um, I was excited to bring you in here because of your expertise and your your focus so much on equity and I think how that's being highlighted right now and such an important topic. So I do want to talk about that a little bit too. Uh, for those that are, are are participating here in the group, for those that are listening on the podcast, for those that are watching on YouTube right now, uh, would you mind sharing just a little bit about yourself, what your role in education, uh, where you're at, a little bit about your backstory. Uh, you do have a unique role and uh, where you're at and the type of school you teach in. I really like that, and I think it's going to bring a really cool um, perspective here really quick. Uh, <laughs> Joe says, good morning, Sheldon. Sorry, I didn't know your name before Jeff said it. I got you, Joe. Good morning, Jennifer. Morning, Alex. Good morning, Candice. Good to see all of you. Okay, now Sheldon is going to introduce himself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're at, and and let everyone just kind of get to know you here. 
All right. Thank you, Jeff. So I am, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you, by the way. So I appreciate this time that you're allowed. Oh, me. I know. I know it's a pleasure. Like, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I need her help. Okay. So uh, I, I, again, I, I'm Dr. Sheldon Akins. I, uh, I live in Idaho, man. There's not a lot of brothers out here. So I'm representing the point eight for the state. Um, and I, I work on a reservation, a native American reservation here. Um, uh, it's called Ford Hall, and I'm a special education director. So great school that I work with. Uh, I kind of wear two hats in that sense because uh, because uh, it's a small tribal school. So I'm the district level, and I'm also the school level uh, special education professional there. Um, great, great, great opportunity. Uh, I've been working with the tribes represented uh, for about four years now. Um, um, when I initially came to Idaho, I came... Um, finished my doctorate, thought I was supposed to be a professor. So I went and got a job at Idaho State University and realized I really missed the kids. And uh, just recently went back about a year and a half ago uh, to special uh, to K through 12. And, and that's working with the tribes full time. Uh, I have been working with them um, kind of part time ish through the university as a college and career uh, advisor for a, a agency called uh, Trio. So that's where I initially, how I landed up here, because I never thought I'd end up in Idaho. But so that's what I do by day. And in addition to that, I am uh, the founder of the Leading Equity Center. I also have a podcast, Leading Equity. And uh, that's what I do. Uh, so right now we're doing everything online. So <laughs> webinars, online courses, uh, I actually have a free course available. Uh, I know that Teach Better Academy does as well on online teaching. So I have one as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really try to stress the equity focus when it comes to how we're providing online learning to our students. Um, so that's, again, available on my website, leadingequitycenter.com. Loving it. Uh, good morning to Brianna, Evan. Evan Whitehead's on. Evan, we just launched his episode just a couple of days ago. Great episode of Teach Better Talk. All right, Ronnie Reinhardt says good morning from Ohio. Megan's watching. Adam's watching. Good to see all of you. Uh, so, where can we get? Uh, I you also you did a virtual summit not too long ago, which was so powerful and, and packed with um, uh, um, value and information all all around equity. Um, and then the online course that's all over at the website. You can get to everything from there, right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Lead, LeadingEquityCenter.com. Okay, awesome. All right, loving it. So. Uh, I also I, I love I'm gonna have you share the story because I think anyone who doesn't know you I think this is a really uh, a very cool uh, story uh, let's real quick uh, Evan does say good morning Jeff and Sheldon two of my favorite podcast hosts great to see both of you together oh, I love it Evan he's such a good guy I know right uh, such a good guest uh, so much value in his in his podcast with us so um, he says what's up Sheldon <laughs> um, so uh, your story of going down to if I'm remembering Saint Saint Croix. Yeah, Croy, right? Same Can you Croy. share that story? I really enjoy it because I love the perspective you have on it and the lesson you learned. Would you mind sharing that that back? So that was that was obviously before Idaho. Was that your first teaching job or? Yep, yep, yep. So I'll share the story. Right, take so, us there. Yeah, take us there with you. So, so okay. So I finished my teaching credential, finished college, all that good stuff, and I was in a good position. Um, I had a job working at a call center. I was a supervisor there. Um, and I, I was in the resolutions department. And if you don't know about the resolutions department, we're the ones that if you ask for a supervisor, they get sent to us. So we always deal with all the worst calls, you know, oh, you know, I want this for free or blah, blah, blah. I'm getting cursed out day in, day out. It's 
really built me up, you know, to deal with with people because you know without that experience, I w- I wouldn't be able to kind of navigate the way I navigate now, just from that customer service oriented perspective. But yeah. I remember sitting at my at my house with my with my brother, we're playing video games, and I'm like, I'll be honest with you, I don't really feel like going to work, and they've changed some things around in in, in our job, and it's not looking good. But I spent the whole summer working this job, working it full time, doing overtime. I didn't look for any teaching jobs at all. I'm thinking this, you know, I got my bachelor's, but, you know, this is probably what I'll do. And it wasn't going well. And I started thinking, okay, maybe I should look for a teaching job. But it was August at this time. And like all the teaching jobs were gone. And I'm sitting there playing. I want to say I was playing Madden because that used to be the game. And I'm sitting there playing with my brother and I get a random phone call from a superintendent in the Virgin Islands. And he's like, yeah, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a superintendent out in the Virgin Islands. I just dropped my son off at your college that you just graduated from. And I need a history teacher. Are you interested? I'm like, yes, yes, of course. Well, Virgin Islands, did you say Virgin Islands? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So I'm, I'm on my way over there. I pack my things immediately. I'm out there and I'm enjoying the island life. Um, You know, it's really cool being in the islands, you know, being black, I, I blended in and, and, you know, it wasn't until I started talking, then people start re- recognizing, wait a second, you're from the States, you're a Yankee. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, 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 cool. They found me. But it was one day I got one, my roommate, he came up to me and said, yo, Sheldon, all of the students here are telling you, telling me that you're like the rudest teacher ever. I'm like, what are you talking about? What happened? He's like, what do you say when students ask, you know, say good morning to you or people say good morning or good afternoon to you? What do you say? And I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, what's up? Yeah, how y'all doing? How y'all feeling? You know, what's going on? What's how you living? Right. And that, that's how I respond. because That's what I, I'm used to talking in the States. He's like, no, in our culture, if someone says good morning to you, you say good morning back. If someone says good afternoon to you, you say good afternoon. Whatever they ask, you know, say to you, you say it back to them. That's our culture. And it was that moment that I was like, oh, I would be considered rude. You know, to me, I was thinking, you know, I'm being myself and being myself in this space wasn't um, appropriate, culturally appropriate. Mm-hmm. And, and I learned that lesson. And that was like 10 years, what, 11 years ago now. And I, I didn't know about equity I didn't know about cultural responsiveness, like those terms hadn't came across my my purview yet. But that was that moment when it was it clicked and it was like, even if I'm around black folks, I still have to be culturally responsive. Yeah, I grew up in, in Texas and I know all these things and slangs and I listen to uh, certain music and genres, which were similar to the stuff that the students that I was working with at the time were doing. But there was those little pieces of culture that I just didn't have yet. And that was the moment where I was just like, okay, I'm all in. I dove in, like literally dove into the beach, dove in. Like I started kayaking. I started, um, you know, participating in all the festivities, uh, going to all the cultural events and just really learning about their culture. I had the fortunate, um, you know, I was a history teacher and I was fortunate enough to be able to teach Virgin Islands history. And I really dug in like, okay, they gave me a textbook, but I went beyond the textbook. I'm like, I want to learn. How did, how did you end up here? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what was the background? What, 
what do you like to do? What what are like I really got into my students and really took that time to learn. And that's really the foundation of the equity work I've been doing since. It's just that one moment where it was like I was being rude and had absolutely no clue that I was being rude to folks. And and, and that's that happens a lot in our in our field, right? Because mm-hmm. we we came up a certain way. We have our own experiences. Uh, we have our influences, our family, and the customs that, and our beliefs that we do. But they don't. They're not always the same as our students. And if we aren't attuned to that, if we're not actively thinking, okay, how do I look at things from my students' lens, from their family's lens, from the community that I'm serving, from that lens, as opposed to instilling my beliefs, my culture, my perspectives, what I've been used to all this time. I, I, like, how do I really shift that lens? And that's that's really where I started doing this work. I love that. I, I, I always enjoy that story of yours. Uh, Evan Whitehead says, great story, cultural competency, cultural responsive, uh, even applies within the same racial ethnic groups. It goes beyond similar physical characteristics, uh, the ability to to learn and grow truth, true growth mindset. So curious. So uh, if you are listening, you're watching on YouTube and you're wondering where the comments are coming from, this is in our private Facebook group. So if you're not here with us live, you need to get into the group, teachbettergroup.com or search Teach Better Team on Facebook. Uh, if you are listening, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Um, here with Sheldon uh, Eakins. And Sheldon, so let me ask you now. So then you go from, from there and you went from there to the, the reservation in Idaho, correct? Yeah, fast well, forward years later. So, so did you? Did you? Were, were there similar moments when you got the reservation, or were you? I mean, I assume you were a little bit more prepared to be ready to dive in before anything happened. But did you have any of that sort of cultural shock of, oh man, I wasn't prepared for this either, or I really like? I I assume there was another learning curve there as well, as you really had to dive into that culture and and and, and be aware of what's going on there. Was that the case? Yeah. So that that's a good question, Jeff. Because okay. So I went to the Virgin Islands. I blended in. It wasn't until I started talking, right? Mm-hmm. And even once I started learning the culture, if I didn't say anything, I was good, right? I could still participate in events. I could still do things, but I was still black and I was still accepted from that sense. Mm-hmm. I was a cultural outsider in a sense of not being from the island and not understanding initially all of the, the island life. And you know, one, one thing that's funny to me is you know they speak English in the Virgin Islands but a lot of words mean different things. There's, I'm the one with the accent at this time, right? So people can't understand me and I can't understand them. And we're both speaking English. And now when I'm in the, in the, in Idaho now working on a reservation, I'm still a cultural outsider, right? I'm still not a part of the tribe. Mm -hmm. I'm not native American and I'm not indigenous in any way. Right? So there are things that I had to learn. And a lot of it was trust. And, and developing trust, like, who is this guy? Why are you here? What are your intentions? Because, you know, historically, our indigenous brothers and sisters have had um, atrocities that have, I mean, they're on a reservation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I live on their land right now. And I had to understand that even though I, I didn't choose to end up here, going back to ancestry, uh, you know, my people were brought here. But there's still an understanding of, okay, who is this outsider and why is this outsider working with my children, you know, my child, my grandchild, uh, people that are, you know, my family, my cousins, you know, those kind of things. So I think it's really was important for me when I first arrived 
when I first started doing the work here was to really just be open and honest and say, hey, listen, I'm here because I want to support your students. I'm here because I'm I, I really uh, do care and I want to learn. And I didn't just instill all of my, you know, this is me, this is Sheldon, you know, accept me for who I am kind of mentality like I did mm -hmm. when I first went to the Virgin Islands. It was more on how can I learn from you? What are some of the th like what are the, what does this mean? Why are you using cedar? Why are you using sage? Uh, what what is that? What is this ceremony? Tell me more. And and it's been really been uh, impactful for me. Um, I've gone to a lot of powwows, which are like the mo if you ever get an opportunity, and I say this to your listeners and those watching, you know, if you ever get an opportunity, especially if you get invited to a powwow, please go. Um, they are some amazing experiences that I've had, uh, watching them dance, watching the drum, you know, I, I naturally rhythmic, I, I like to move to a beat and, mm -hmm. and, and listening to the drums go, uh, I'm having a good time. Um, I'm, I'm having really like a lot of fun. I've been invited to be a judge of the powwow dances and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> looking for where's the rubric and but they're like no we really want you to judge like so you start to get accepted when they really see that you're genuinely doing this work without any savior complex you're you're coming in because um not that i feel like i'm better than them or my people are better than them or any of those kind of things it's just a genuine empathetic approach to learning about another culture that's different than mine hmm. uh no, that's such a cool journey. Uh, Brian Zwimke says, good morning, TBT. Good morning, Brian. Good to see you. Uh, so Sheldon, let's, let's switch now um, more to the current state of things. Uh, so obviously a lot has changed uh, recently, and that's you know one of the reasons we're doing these daily drop-ins. We're doing these Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every morning, 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. And they're all, this is meant to support uh, anyone listening, anyone watching, anyone commenting. Um, obviously a lot of shift, and there is there's clearly and right, rightfully uh, a lot of talk around, a lot more talk around, a lot of focus, a lot of spotlight on equity and equity issues right now in education due to how we've had a shift. Can you share with us sort of your experience over the past? I, I can't remember. I don't know when Idaho decided to, to shut down and, and everything there, but sort of how how is that working with you and your, your uh, students and the families that you're serving there as far as access and how are you guys transitioning? What did you go? Are you fully virtual? How are you handling all this? Yeah. Um, apparently people don't like to visit Idaho. So uh, it's not a lot to, to do, I guess. So we were kind of one of the last states to go into the whole lockdown mode. I mean, a lot of the other heavily populated mm -hmm. uh, states, you know, they've been in lockdown for maybe, I don't know, months or so. Um, we we're kind of just weeks in. Mm -hmm. um, so on a reservation, uh, what we have done is, you know, we we've opted to do packets and uh, just because uh, we not everyone does have uh, Internet access or devices to accommodate the, the online learning. So we we do have Zooms um, that we're doing. Our teachers are doing and we also have uh, the Google Classroom that we're, we're working with. Uh, but primarily we're doing packets. As a matter of fact, I think yesterday uh, we just delivered our next set of packets. And uh, when we were in our staff meeting yesterday, our, our principal was saying, let's move to 10 day packets. Because, you know, some of the challenges with the packets is how do we deliver the packages yeah. packets 
to folks uh, in addition to the grab and go meals that we're doing because um, a lot of our students depend on the free uh, uh, the, the the breakfast and the lunches. And so um, but we want to keep our, our staff safe in addition to our students safe uh, in this time. So we're looking at maybe doing every 10 days as, as opposed to every week when it comes to uh, the, the packets. But it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's definitely a challenge because, you know, as I'm I'm a special education uh, director. And, you know, we have paraprofessionals that have been working really hard to keep up with our students and make sure our students are on track and keeping up with their schoolwork. Um, however, it's a challenge just being able to, co to connect and communicate with folks. Um, so, that, you know, obviously there's there's some things there that we're, we're all trying to figure out. You know, I'm trying to figure some things out, like how do I do an IEP over the phone? Uh, how do I how do I keep my students that have speech language services? How do I keep them with that service? and do a teleservice, but they don't have internet. So can that be done over the phone or can that be done? You know, I don't want the kids to burn up their cell phone data plans with speech yep. language services. Uh, if you have occupational therapy or, or physical therapy, how do we do that? Again, if there's no internet access at the home, um, you know, and, and it's not just on the reservation. I mean, we obviously nationwide and shoot worldwide, probably uh, there's a lot of similar challenges that are, are occurring where we're, we're just trying to figure out how do we support our students who do not have all the resources and everything, the bells and whistles and they're ready to go uh, shoot at my house. So I'm a parent as well. Right. So I got a fourth grader. I got a first grader and we don't have school supplies. Like some of the some of the assignments that my son, for example, he's in the first grade, uh, you know, cut out this 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 work, cut out this paper and glue them on or color this and color that. Or, or I don't have crayons right now. They're at his school. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't only have scissors and or glue. So I'm, I'm trying to bring out the masking tape and trying to tape everything, help him tape all it on to the, the paper for his worksheet. Or um, I'm trying to just say, look, man, just shade that shade that pencil. man. that's your color right there, because that, <laughs> that's what we have available in the house. Yeah. And and so it's, it's not just you know where I'm working at, but it's also just. Our, our schools, our houses, our families are impacted in this way. And it's, it's a challenge in me. Um, you know, I kind of worry about some of the, the financial pieces. This is kind of the big focus for me, uh, for mm -hmm. a lot of our families, uh, in addition to the special education, English language learners. Uh, those those are really, I think, are the ones that are getting hit the most yeah. with the, you know, our low income, special needs and those kind of things are, are getting hit the most. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah, it's so tough to figure out and, and to, to try to acknowledge it and then find a way to do it. And then you, you know, you think of someone, you know, people would, would look at you and say, Oh, it's a teacher. He's probably got everything he needs at home for his kids. And here you're going, man, I don't even have glue. I'm not even ready. You know what I mean? Like you, you just, you never know where people are and you got to try to plan for all of that, all the different situations. Uh, Hari's on here says, I got inspired by these sessions and finally managed to connect with my students through WhatsApp group. That is awesome. He's been on with several different, um, uh, dropped in on comments on several different one of our sessions. Uh, Hari, I can't remember where you're at, where you're located, but if you can let us know, I can't, I can't remember right now. I believe he's in India. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, and has been struggling because his most of his students don't have any access. Yeah, uh, and, he, and he's trying to just how do I continue to be connected to them? So I love that he's figuring out through WhatsApp so they can use their phone data and stuff like that. Um, 
So teachers just having to get creative all over the world. Uh, Brian says, my son has OT and PT last night uh, on Google meet. So that's awesome. She's, she said she's so impressed by our teams. So with your, with your zooms and your, your classroom stuff, are you using that just as like a, uh, like an optional thing right now because you have the packets. Is that just optional? Like just offering the opportunity for them to connect or, or how is that working? Like, how are you utilizing that right now? Because it sounds like obviously you're, you're focusing on the, the delivery of the content is via the packets. Cause not everyone get that. So how are you using like your zoom meetings and video and Google classroom and stuff right now with your, with your team? Yeah. So that, Initially, you know, again, we're all trying to figure things out. I think initially we 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 said, you know, we still want to have, you know, our kids miss us. We miss our kids. And so Absolutely. we're going to connect with them uh, as best as we can. And um, so the Zooms are more of a reinforcement optional type. It's not required, mandatory. Um, and we have them like two or three times a week per class. I think it's more like two times a week. Okay. Uh, and and that's kind of how they're connecting. Um, and again, if students can make it in, they can make it in. They can get some extra support from that sense from their teachers. But we're not penalizing our students who are not connecting on Zoom. And I think that's a big thing that we we have to to be mindful of. We're not penalizing students who aren't bringing in their packets um, because we ex you know we understand there's there's so many different variables that are happening that we don't know. You know, mm-hmm. families aren't going to always share with you, you know, this is what I'm dealing with right now because, you know, people are private and, yeah. and they're not necessarily wanting to share these, in, you know, or talk about it, what's happening at home. And so we're not penalizing students who aren't connecting on Zoom. We're not penalizing students who aren't doing their packets. Uh, we're actively providing packets and we're grading what comes in, in a sense. But those students who aren't bringing it in because maybe they have no device or one device that they're sharing with three other siblings or they're they're not they don't have a home at this point uh we had to keep in mind so on on a reservation a big source of income is the casino that's here um but the casino has shut down uh the hotel has shut down and those were like primary revenue streams i mean they have events they have concerts at the casino i mean they have all these different things that bring in money for the tribes and when you had to shut all that down and you have a good portion of my students whose parents or guardians work at the casinos and now they're they're not able to get that same work amount of work that they were getting before that obviously impacts the family so again i think one of the things that we have to be mindful of and the things that we were talking about yesterday in our staff meeting was we're not going to penalize our students who do not turn in work it might be frustrating for a teacher when they put all of this packaged together to go and make the copies, they create the lesson plans. But at the end of the day, they're the students are on their own. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily they don't have the teacher in their class. You know, they're not in a classroom to get the work done and, and they can you know raise their hand. That's that's not available, right? So they have they still have the reading assignments, they have the all these things that we're sending home or math reinforcement. And I could watch a Khan Academy if I have access. But if I don't even know where to go or if I'm just again, I need help from a teacher then uh, and it's not there. So how can we really say that, okay, well, you get an F because you didn't turn anything in. So I I think that's really important on our end on the special education department side. um, You know, we have the remind app and we sent that out initially. It was cricket for like the first week. And we're like, you know what? No one's using this. We need to actively reach out to our students, you know, sitting there waiting 
or by our phones, hoping that someone will send, send us a text. It's, it's not the, the most effective way. We yeah. need to actively reach out to our students on our caseload, check in on them, check in with, you know, call the parents, not just call the students, but call the guardians and ask them, hey, how's it going? How's how's Johnny doing in class? Is he yeah. getting his work done? Uh, does he need any help? Does he need support in this in this subject? And we're actively doing it as opposed to just trying to wait for someone to contact us and reach out to us. Because, again, we don't know what's happening at home. And, you know, they may not be able to or may not want to reach out to folks. Mm -hmm. So we have to actively do that and engage with our students in that sense. Yeah. And I think the you, you touched on several times there is that you don't know what's going on at home. You have no idea. Even a, a home or a student that appears to have full access and all, everything that he or she needs may not have the stability at home because they did they lost their job they're dealing with who, know, who knows what they were already dealing with before all of this right mm -hmm. and so having to keep that in mind is, is really important so then are your uh you, you know you're great in what comes in is that is that great in just shifting more of a, a heavier focus on just feedback versus actual you know grades and percentages and yeah we're so we decided yesterday um to kind of take the students. So I, I, I pitched to them because we were talking about, okay, what do we do with these packets? Cause I'm getting some, I'm not getting all of them. How do I, what do I do with this? And I pitched to them. I said, listen, let's, let's look at where the students were at prior to us going on break. Right. Um, so we looked at the midterms and say, okay, this is where the students were at midterms. And we're going to say, pass or fail, or sorry, not pass or fail, pass or incomplete. So if students that were failing their midterms and they bring in their packets and we can grade the work uh, and help them out in, the, uh, in their grades, then we'll do that. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we're at now is kind of looking at students that were kind of behind or just, you know, just weren't there yet. Maybe they were just right on the edge or whatever they're able to bring in. Those are that's the work that we're really looking at and saying, OK, how can we help them out with their grade? Because they did do this work. Um, and so we're, we're, we're assessing it that way. And again, we're still doing the, the packets. Um, we're reducing the amount of workload that our students were getting. Again, from the beginning, we're just trying to figure things out. So it was kind of yeah. hard to tell how much work do we give in this packet? How much time should be allotted for my class in addition to the five other classes that our students mm -hmm. are, are doing uh, with this packet and not overwhelming them? Because I mean, five days worth of work with six different classes, that packet can get really thick, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and can be overwhelming to our yep. students in addition to everything else that they have going on. So uh, we're, we're looking at re reducing the amount of work that we're getting, giving. Um, and again, we're again, being very graceful, very lenient when it comes to what comes back and what doesn't come back. Hmm. Um, Brian says, learned the other day, I could say, hey, Google Play, Teach Better Talk uh, or Teach Better Podcast. Thanks for being an awesome resource. Thanks for that, Brian. You can say that to Google or to, to Alexa, say, hey, Hey Alexa, play Teach Better Talk podcast, and it will play. So that's awesome. Appreciate that. Uh, Alex Valensek says it makes makes me sad to see teachers out there who are trying to justify penalties or anything right now. We all need to be graceful. Um, yep. uh, I appreciate that, Alex. That's right, and I think that's we've been hearing you know grace just thrown around. That word is being used so so much right now. Grace for our students, grace for ourselves, grace for the parents, grace for our admins, um, which I think is really important for us to continue to focus on. Um, just like what you've been talking about, what you guys are doing there is just continually trying to adjust and think through, okay, 
what are we doing? How is it working? How's it being received? Are they, are they getting what they need out of it? What can we adjust? How do we adjust the way we think about the grades and things of that nature? So, um, as you've had conversations, I assume that I'm not the first person to talk to you about equity and the time like these and stuff. What's, um, and we've, we've, we've already kind of touched on this. Maybe we already kind of covered it with the whole, just not knowing what's going on, but for you, what has been looking outside beyond the reservation, just into the country, where is the biggest struggle that you think right now that educators are, are dealing with right now? Um, as far as equity is concerned, is it just that the simple, we don't know what they already have going on at home or. You know, it, I would say within the last week, the most, the most conversations that I've been having is so a lot of, a lot of teachers and school districts have said, you know, we're not going to give grades at all. Right. Mm -hmm. So more of a, a time for enrichment, more of a time for just kind of keeping a community, a sense of community with the classroom and engaging with each other uh, virtually. That doesn't always sit well with parents, mm -hmm. uh, especially parents who are more affluent, who do have everything at home, who do have all the school supplies, the scissors, the glue, and, and the, the devices and internet access that streaming long, you know, hard and strong. You know, those parents, uh, so I have a lot of district folks that have been reaching out to me like, what do I do? Because we're about equity and we're telling everyone we're not going to give grades. Um, but we have parents who may be looking at a district next door or they may be feeling like, well, my child is, you know, this stellar 4.5 GPA and they're on their way to uh, a college or a university and trying to get full ride scholarships and they're taking a hit and it's not fair. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the main conversations that I've been having over the last couple of weeks is, OK, you're telling us we're not giving grades. But then I'm having a lot of pushback from parents who say, no, we need to be given grades. No, we need to be given more work. You know, the first week of school when we went online, there was plenty of work that they were getting. And now it's been drastically reduced. And I don't think my child my child is being challenged at this point. And uh, I have a problem with that. You know, it's not fair to me. It's not fair to us. Um, I, I want people to understand that colleges and universities understand and they are providing grace as well with their admissions process. Uh, this overall is a, there, there needs to be an understanding that what we have going on right now is not adequate online teaching. I mean, the, the textbook, like people go to school to to be able to be instructional technologists to 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 teach online and transitioning from a traditional brick and mortar classroom to an online space within a matter of weeks with little to no training and let's say you get some training i mean how much training is going to prepare you for a semester's worth of work if you have no prior experience so if we're still saying you know what uh you're, you're supposed to do this high, intense, rigorous coursework that our students are supposed to have at home online, then it's not being equitable. So yeah. we have to be, un, be lenient and understanding that our schools, our universities, our NCAA, all that stuff, you know, all those things are understanding because we understand that this is a, a pan, you know, pandemic or is it epidemic? Pandemic? Pandemic, pandemic yeah. And and it's un we understand and and there's grace all over. So 
it's hard sometimes for parents who, you know, really want their kids, uh, you know, again, have all the resources and access and like, okay, we need to be doing this hard and, and strong, but we have to keep in mind that it's, that's, that might be good for you, but it's not good for everyone. And, and that's the main conversation that I've been having. Um, I've seen a lot, I've read a lot of articles that say, don't even give grades, just don't mm-hmm. give grades, not on some, just chop this, this semester or quarter up. As uh, just kind of like one of those things where it's just we just got to let it go. So still provide something to our students to keep them engaged uh, academically and, and socially, um, because our students really do need our support. Um, another conversation that I'm having a lot, Jeff, is what do we do after this? Yeah. Right? OK. At some point, at some point, I don't know when, but at some point, this is going to we're going to go back to our classrooms. We're going to go back into our buildings. And our students who have experienced a lot of, you know, months of non-academic support, because we got to think about summer school, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Students sometimes will get more enrichment or catch up during the summer months uh, where they're physically going into a classroom and doing their summer school work. That may not be there. and We may still be kind of doing this, trying to do this virtually. And again, that may not be as adequate. And so we're going to have months of gaps of, of students. So how do we reintroduce the work? How do we go, you know, we can't start day one in August or September or October, whenever we go back to school as if businesses, you know, we have to provide some sort of onboarding for our students. And again, mental health support for our students and not just for our students, for our teachers, right? I'm a parent, you're a parent, and we're educators and we're trying to figure these things out ourselves. And we're trying to figure out, okay, I'm stressed out because I'm trying, I've been trying to give uh, online teaching. I've been trying to find videos that have closed captioning for my students who are, are um, hearing impaired, or I'm trying to find videos that have the language that my students speak. You know, if my students are first language is Spanish and I got to try to find videos that, uh, that that's available and translations or something is available for them. Uh, all of those things are stressing us out as educators. And so how do we acclimate our student, our, our teachers back into the, to our classrooms settings and all those things. So a lot of these conversations now is like, okay, this is where we're at. This is what we kind of decided on as far as what we're doing remotely or packets or whatever it is. But then what do we do after we have our students return back to class? Yeah. Uh, and a lot of questions are, are out there as far as how does that work? How does that look with all these uh, gaps? Yeah, and I think um, we've touched on it. Alex mentioned it specifically too. The the word grace comes to mind, and that whenever we get back in there, like there's, we have to have grace for our students, for our staff, for us, um, because there are going to be these gaps, and we need to figure out. We have to allot time, like you said. Can't go back day one as if it's day one, Mm -hmm. right? It's it's day, week, month, whatever of catching up from what is being lost right now, what is being changed right now, what's being felt right now, right? The emotions and the mentality. Uh, and the mental fatigue that everyone's going through, we have to address all that, get everyone back to good first, and then start moving on with what needs to go uh, next. Um, and so that's my hope that, that that we do that. This Hopefully it's this, this fall and we get back to things and we're ready to do it, but I think it's really important. And mentioning that the summer school too, like that is, that's such a, a opportunity a lot of times for students to fill gaps that not, that are have already formed without a pandemic right mm-hmm. so now those are going to be larger and, and, and where are they at and, and how do we how do we fill that how do we get that ready so um 
we're we're preparing to, we're we're starting to have a lot of conversations now with with schools that we work with and people we work with and we're starting to uh, put together some content support pieces about that. Like, where do we go from here? What does August look like? How do we get back to this? Like, how do we prepare both for everything going back to quote unquote normal come August, September, or what if it doesn't, or what if it does for a little bit and then it changes, how are we prepared for that so that we're ready to face that challenge in whatever many forms it looks like um, coming in August and beyond. So uh, good morning to the Kaplans, both Jeff and Christy chiming in from uh, Georgia. Good to see you there. So uh, sorry, did you have something else to add there? Yeah, so I kind of cut you off there. Can I just add? So yeah, go. And here's the thing. I, I think, you know, obviously a pandemic uh, is is not a good thing. Um, however, I think as we're refocusing and start thinking about what we're going to do in the aftermath of all of this, it really could be an opportunity for us to really start thinking about our art. Because do we want to go back to everything that we were doing before? Like, do we want to go back to the traditional systems that we had in place? Because hopefully this has opened up a lot of people's eyes, uh, our administrators, those who are leaders who, you know, maybe our discipline practices may may need to be revised or we need to look at, OK, if we're going to if we're going to think about, OK, how do we get our students caught up or how do we you know, how do we pick up where we left off? I think this is a great opportunity for us to really start thinking about what changes we can make not just to prepare for another pandemic or something else, travesty or whatever you want to call it to come up, but more of how like we recognize that we weren't prepared for a lot of our students who weren't in part of the dominant culture and the dominant culture, meaning had access to all of these things and, and home par two parents at home uh, who are able to help them with their schoolwork and uh, financially sustainable, those kind of situations. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to really start thinking about what does education look like yeah. after we, you know, when we return and not just going back to the same old, same old, what we've been doing for years or what our, you know, historically what our schools have been like, but really we should start engaging in conversations about how we can change and shift things to accommodate all students and not just the able-bodied students who uh, fit in the normal society or viewpoints of a, of a lot of our educators as far, as far as what a student should be or behave yeah. or act or speak, those kind of things. We should really start looking at what are the systems that we had in place already that needs to change? Yeah, I was actually, um, I love that you say that. So I recorded a and another episode of the Aspire Leadership Podcast with Joshua Stanford last night. We've been doing these mailbag episodes, which has been awesome. And Josh threw that question at me of what do I think education is going to look like when we get back to quote unquote normal. And everything that you said was was right where I was at is like I said, I'm not exactly sure what it looks like, but I know what I hope happens. And what I hope happens is these conversations that we're having right now and these things that are being highlighted, these, these gaps, um, these opportunities are still conversations and that they stick around until we figure them out and that we don't get that we don't spend you know we go back in Aug end of august and we spend september october talking about it and thinking about it and then come november it's like everything's back to normal we go we just fall back in i hope that not only the conversations that are going around equity and around uh, what are we looking at and how we think about grades and how we think about testing and all this type of stuff i hope these conversations stay at the forefront stay uh, highlighted in the spotlight on them but also that we look at a lot of the things that we had to turn to and the tools and and different shifts in our mindset that had to happen in order to support our students now. And we talk about 
and we assess how can we utilize those back in the quote unquote traditional classroom to, to better serve our students, to better uh, engage them, to be more efficient, all these types of things. And I, I think that's going to happen. I hope it does. Uh, and we're going to certainly going to try to continue to drive those conversations. And, and as I know you will. Uh, so I really do hope I, I agree with you 100%. I really hope that that's where we are and that we do see some real some very big changes when we can get back to stable life outside of school and everything else we can really focus on fixing these things i hope that this really leads to that and that we can have that you know some sort of positive pulled out of all this mess um and i and i hope those conversations are going so i i appreciate you bringing all that and uh sharing all that if you are listening on the teach better talk podcast or watching on youtube um and you are interested in getting in here, asking questions, being more engaged in this with us live. We are live here uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in our private Facebook group. You can go to teachbettergroup.com or search Teach Better Team on Facebook to get that. Um, these are obviously going on to our YouTube channel afterwards and then up to the Teach Better Talk podcast as well. So a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, you can find everything on on Shell Nakins over at uh, leadingequitycenter.com, including his free online courses. Uh, I don't know the virtual summit. I don't know if the, another one of those is in the works sometime in the future. Uh, can you can someone access that now or is that limited time? I'm curious. The virtual summit because it so, was okay. So I, you know, I actually <laughs> did, I, <laughs> I'm throwing you on the spot. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's live, right? Um, mm -hmm. So it is what it is. Um, so I I just did one last week on hip hop education and. Okay. Uh, I did one back in January. I think that's the one that you're referring to. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like my bigger one. And uh, they are available on my website. They're not free at this point. Normally, when I, when I do the summits, they're available for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, you can consume the content. Uh, I am looking at doing a summer conference to kind of talk about what we were just talking mm -hmm. about as far as the aftermath, what we do afterwards, and how we can rethink our education system and some of the systems that we have in place or had in place and see if we'll, what needs to change and how we can go about doing that. Uh, so that will be coming out hopefully in July. Um, I'm saying July uh, with the intentions that hopefully we'll be back in school September-ish at the latest. Yep. Uh, of course, everything we, is kind of tentatively uh, scheduled right now. Love it. Um, and be sure that you subscribe to Shellen's podcast um, leading equity. It's, it's, it's a, um, just so much value on that and the guests you bring on and the conversations that you're having. So I encourage you if you're listening, uh, or watching or participating to, to connect with Sheldon and, um, and get connected with him and learn about what he's doing. Uh, Twitter is Sheldon Eakins, right? It's, uh, Twitter to, uh, at Sheldon Eakins, right? Just yep. simple, easy, your name, um, right. and everything over at, uh, 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 leadingequitycenter.com for all of that. Sheldon, man, I really appreciate you coming on, um, getting up with us and uh, hanging out and, and sharing your story and, and, and just chatting with me this morning. Really, really appreciated that a lot. Uh, everyone who jumped on and said good morning and asked questions and, and shared their thoughts, really appreciate all of you. Uh, everyone who, who's been getting on these, uh, waking up with us every morning, uh, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's our honor. Um, we love all of you and uh, we're here for you. We're going to continue doing these things Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, so keep chiming in, keep letting us know what you need. So we'll keep uh, trying to bring in some awesome folks like Sheldon to give you what, what you need and, and support you in any way we can. But I appreciate all of you. Sheldon, appreciate you, man. Um, always a pleasure. And uh, thank you for your time, man.
Well, thank you for having me, uh, Jeff, and, and the whole Teach Better team. Y'all are amazing for doing this work. So much kudos to you for the daily drop-ins. I think it's very helpful. We need education. Uh, you know, we need that encouragement. And so I appreciate what you're doing, the work that you, your team is doing. It's amazing. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you, brother. And I appreciate all of you watching, listening, commenting. Uh, we're here for you. Stay awesome and uh, have an awesome rest of your week. We'll see you.